Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We come with open hearts. Our spirits are open to receive your word. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word gives us light and understanding. Father, we are ready to receive your incorruptible, ever-living word into our hearts. We thank you for the seed of your word planted within us, that it produces after its own kind, that our lives are never the same once we receive your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture is Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God or lay hold on the faith of God or the faithfulness of God. And I love that Scripture because I, well, I guess the Lord just has quickened it to me. Uh, is probably the, the number one reason. But I, I like that scripture because it kind of sums up almost every situation you could have in life when you don't know what to do. It is have faith in God or lay hold of God's faithfulness. And the reason I like it is, uh, do you know I went to the school that they call the faith school? <laughs> Rama, they call it like a faith school. Oh, they're like, uh, you must have faith because you went to Rama. Well, no, <laughs> a lot of people go to Rama don't have much faith. <laughs> They just have that initial measure. They've nothing done, not much else with it, you know. Uh, not, I shouldn't say a lot, not the majority, but some. Uh, was a more honest way to say that is some. So it really doesn't matter uh, uh, where you went to school or who you learned under or where you're coming from. If you didn't actually receive the word of God, uh, you don't have any faith except for the initial measure. And actually, you don't even have that. If you haven't received Christ, because, you know, he's given to every man the measure of faith uh, that, that to come to him. And if you haven't even received that in your heart, well, you can't even be born again. Because the only way you can be born again is that you receive the word of God. Uh, probably my favorite uh, passage that illustrates that is Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto. If you confess, uh, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And so first, uh, he's given to every man the measure of faith. And if you take that measure of faith, and when you hear the word preached, Romans 10, if you, if you study it there, just go back and you'll find out that you can't believe unless you hear someone preach and you can't hear someone preach unless they're sent. But how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That is the believer. I mean, it's also manifested in, in full-time ministers, sure. But that's really talking about the believer, every believer. And so as a minister, I'm part of a, the believers, thank the Lord. But it's not automatic. Some ministers are not even uh, born again. Because it's not about the position that you hold in the earth or even um, in man's religious system. But it is about receiving the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And in order to receive Christ, you have to humble yourself. You cannot receive Christ if you don't first humble yourself. So I want to talk for a minute about humility. Well, a lot of minutes. 
Webster's Dictionary defined humility as freedom from pride and arrogance. Freedom from pride and arrogance. The online etymology dictionary says humble is talking of persons that are submissive, respectful, lowly in matter, in manner, excuse me, modest, not self-asserting, obedient. It comes from the old French word humble or humble or umele. <laughs> and from the Latin humilis, which means lowly and humble, literally on the ground. Because the humilis for Latin actually comes from hummus. Which you know hummus is that is that is when uh, Animals and um, leaves and uh, branches and organic matter breaks down. And it breaks down so much that you can no longer see uh, the full form of the organic matter that it originally was unless you look under a microscope that you can see a trace of it. But hummus is that, is that distinction between the actual soil uh, that's underneath that gets thicker and thicker dirt. And it's like, it's, you know... You want some hummus mixed with your dirt because it'll help your grass grow. <laughs> it'll help your vegetables grow. But literally, you know, I have that 10-volume dictionary. And uh, so I, I was studying this in that 10-volume dictionary. And I kept studying. And it has like page after page after page. It had page after page after page of the definition of humility. And it said, that's the theological dictionary of New Testament term. And uh, it kept saying to come low. To be low, lowly. And I thought, well, there must be more to it than that. So I looked up and it said, you know, comes from the root word to be low or near the ground. Uh, to bring yourself low, to come down. <laughs> I kept looking and pretty much everything. They may say these other things, uh, uh, respectful, uh, lowly in manner. There's low again, modest. But then they all go, they say it comes from the root word, which is like of the earth down low. And so I was uh, talking to my kids about this a little while ago when I was talking to my kids about it. I, I was trying to explain because, uh, you know, kids don't automatically humble themselves. <laughs> they kind of try to exalt themselves <laughs> above each other. And so uh, Jesus said, he that humbles himself will what? Be exalted. And Jesus said over in Matthew, he said, if you want to find your life, if you want to find life, you must first, anybody know it? Lose it. What? I got to lose my life to find my life? Well, if you're a believer, your spirit's probably uh, doing a few flips right now because you're like, yeah, my head still doesn't fully grasp that. But man, it's an awesome thing to do. So you come under. Uh, let, let's read um, Peter first. Uh, first Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 5. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Do you know submit actually means to come under? 
Yes, all of you be subject one to another. I guess the Oklahoma translation would say, no cowboys in this rodeo. <laughs> be clothed with humility. So in other words, we're going to put on the clothes of humility. Why? For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. That is one of the most profound scriptures in the entire word of God, that God resists the proud. And I like to say, like, can you imagine having God himself resist you? How much ability does he have to resist? How much strength does he have to resist? How much wisdom does he have to resist? Because if I had, like, my wife come up here right now, and she's, why don't you come up? If I had my wife come up, and I... I, I said, oh, I'm going to resist you, you know. Like, how much ability do I have to resist her? Or maybe you could resist me, okay. right? Well, she's embarrassed right now. So if she wasn't embarrassed and she was being herself, she'd try to, like, trip me up and do all this type of stuff. Yeah, she, she wants to make me look good. <laughs> well, God, he can perfectly resist you. She can imperfectly resist me, or I can imperfectly resist her. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. In other words, he gives grace to those that come under. Well, you see pride in, in man all the time. You know, the Bible says, uh, when I was meditating on this and seeking the Lord about it, you know, it's kind of come up in my spirit. And I was like, is that true? So I thought, man, it seems like the root of almost all evil is pride. But then the verse comes up, you know, that the love of money. You know what happened is I was telling you about it. Yeah, I was telling Melody about it. And I said, but you know, that scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. And when I quoted that scripture... I was kind of like, so um, listen to what I'm saying right now. Because I'm trying to teach you how to walk by faith and how to hear from God. So I had that, that understanding like, man, I mean, pride was the original sin of mankind. And it's the original sin that we hear of Lucifer that he committed. We'll get to that in a second. But so I said that scripture, or she said it, one of us said it, but we, we said it wrong. And when it was said wrong, I, I said, in my spirit, I was just a little unsettled. Not disturbed, but I'm like, that's not quite right. I guess the illustration I could have is when Kenneth Hagin was pastoring his last church he pastored, and then he went traveling for years and years and years. He said, he said man, he said, we had a great attendance. We had great finance, you know, better attendance than church ever had in its whole history because he pastored churches other people had planted. And, and uh, just things are going well. He said, nicest house we ever lived in, best clothes we ever had. He said, but man, when I go to pray, he said, something was wrong. He said, it was like washing my feet with my socks on. You know, you're getting the job done, but something's not quite right. <laughs> Right? So you're like, well, yeah, I could feel that I'm washing my feet, and, but, but there's something there, right? So when I, 
uh, said it, and I said, that's not right. And I knew that from my spirit. Because my spirit is in communion with the Lord, and I think he knows the word. Right. <laughs> so I said, what is it? So I, I, I looked it up. Sometimes I don't look it up. Sometimes I'll just know it uh, by that. And uh, so I looked it up and it says, the love of money, it doesn't say the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And just, just to help you a little bit, it does not say, a lot of people quote it as, um, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> money is not good or bad. It's what you do with it. So it's the love of money. You know, I, I love uh, Weiss' translation of 1 Corinthians 13 talking about love. You go up two verses before, and it says that it's this kind of love, the God kind of love, the agape love, is the kind of love that, I love this, this picture, that impels or it kind of like pushes you to deny yourself for the sake of the one loved. Well, think if you're loving money that way, you're denying other things for the sake of that money. You never put money first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That stuff will take care of itself. They'll be added to you. Added to you. Didn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and uh, give everything away and that's going to humble you. No, you seek first him and these things will be added unto you, not taken away from you. He's not really trying to get something away from you except for pride. <laughs> Why? Because God loves you. And if you are working with pride... He will resist you. He, he is gracious and full of mercy. In other words, you, mercy is available and needed by those who have made mistakes. Mercy. If you didn't make a mistake, you don't need mercy. But he is a God of mercy, and he wants you to be blessed. And when you are blessed, that affects every area of your life. The blessing of the Lord. But God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when you see pride, arrogance, haughtiness, uh, uh, Boasting people are like, uh, uh, I think uh, one translation calls that you're puffed up with pride. Inflated, actually, this translation says you're inflated with pride. Love is not inflated with pride. Right? So I always picture, then I picture like a balloon that you, I inflate it and it starts to take shape. And it looks awesome. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, I like that balloon. You know, it's wonderful. But it's just inflated with a bunch of pride. It's just full of pride. And God will resist it. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So when you come under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up. You come low and he will lift you up. So, Daniel, are you ready? 
this is my third child, my second son, Daniel. And are you nervous? Are you okay? I'm okay. Okay, good. You want to say hi? Say hi to everybody. Hi. And so I chose him because um, he's smaller. <laughs> and I thought, I thought uh, who should I choose? Because uh, I want to come under someone. I want you to actually see me come under someone. Because what happens so many times is what the flesh wants to do is it wants to push someone down. And you look, if you can stand up if you want, and you look like in the business world, it is, if, and now, now, now you've been down like this. I'm not going to hurt you. If I can step on you on my way up, I'm going to actually use you to get up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like make you look bad, and I think that's going to make me look good. And I'm going to get right out of the will of God. I'm going to get right out of the grace of God. And so I'm going to get on the devil's territory uh, because he's the author of pride and the originator of pride. But when you see someone who's having a difficult time, who needs help, who needs strength, they don't need to know everything you know. They need you to come underneath them and lift them up. And so you come under. Here, just hop on my back. You come under. You come low. I come low. Why? So he can get on my back. When he's on my back, what can I do? Now I can lift him up. And higher and higher and higher. There you go. Thank you. You can go to class as well. So pride, I mean, excuse me, humility will go low. Pastor Mark has an illustration. I love it because he, he, well, he's, a, he's a deer hunter, and I've only done that once in my life. But, um, but he said he was watching these monster buck videos, you know, how to kill, you know, because if people are into hunting, you know, they just, everything. Monster buck, you want a monster buck, monster buck. I went to a, a sanctuary one time where they kind of like raised these uh, deer in Michigan, and um, man, they had some big bucks with big racks, like huge. And um, I wouldn't consider that like normal hunting because they kind of have them caged in. <laughs> I didn't hunt. We just went there to take pictures. And um, so, but this monster buck video, they're shooting bow and arrow at these bucks. And this guy shoots this bow and arrow, and they, get it, they got it on video. And it goes, and that buck, he's right there. And when that arrow comes, he's like this. The arrow comes, and he goes, and it goes right over him. He got low. Preserved his life because he knew how to get low. Sometimes you get so proud that you don't know how to get low. You don't know how to humble yourself and to come down. Let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. You can ask yourself in almost every situation, am I trying to put myself high or am I coming low? Your interactions with other people, your interactions with God himself through his word and through his presence. Like, am I trying to tell the Lord what this is? Have you ever, have you ever found yourself doing that? Now, Lord, let me explain this situation to you. I'm not sure that you quite grasp the, how big of a deal this is. 
But let me tell you what's going on. You know, if you could, like, see him, you know, in physical form, <laughs> he must be laughing so many times. You know, like, are you finished yet? <laughs> not quite, not quite. i got to get this off my chest. Let's look at our most vivid example. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, I mean, that's mercy coming from the innermost part of who you are. Fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Imagine if the body of Christ was of one mind. Like, you, you see a finely tuned machine? That thing is working like as one mind. Everything's working together. Uh, one, one thing starts to not work together. You know, now they have all these sensors on, on vehicles, and that vehicle would work just fine if that sensor wasn't messed up. <laughs> Verse 3, let nothing, not, not, not most things, but let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. In other words, I'm going to come under you. Why? So I can lift you up. I'm not going to put myself over you. I'm going to come under you. And the Bible says that God gives grace to those kind of people. He gives grace. Sometimes you could look at your life, if you look at the Word of God, and you, you start to realize, like, man, God is so good that he has saved me from hell, saved me from myself apart from him, saved me from uh, weakness, failures, and on top of that, like I'm not only a partaker of eternal life now and in the world to come, but here in this life, he set me free from every sickness, every disease. He set me free from all form, the curse in all its forms and all its manifestations. That there is not a form or a manifestation of the curse that he did not defeat. I mean, he became acquainted with it. He took it on himself and was acquainted with it, the Bible says. And from that place, he defeated it. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I heard, I heard that those earthlings down there uh, really have trouble with sickness. I heard those earthlings down there, like because Adam and Eve messed up and sinned, I heard they have problems with money. No, he took it on himself. Paid the price for it. He, he took our place where the curse was decreed to come upon us, he said, I'm taking that off of them. I'm coming under them, and I'm going to lift them up. 
And I'm going to take everything that they were supposed to have, everything that they, that they deserved based on what they did apart from me. I'm taking all that on myself because I don't want them to have it. Literally, it says he lifted it off of us. It's the Greek word NASA. Like, you know, I love that, the space shuttle, because I was a kid in the 80s. And so that, that thing, man, how much, I don't know how many pounds that thing is, but that thing, just those rockets fire up, and that just begins to lift off. And Jesus lifted all of that off of us. Why? Because he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, even a cursed death. He died a cursed death. It was a, um, it was a um, disgraceful, shameful way to die. That form of death was reserved for the most shameful of society. He became a curse for us, Galatians tells us, Galatians chapter 3, uh, because he cursed as everyone that hangs on a tree. Hallelujah, he set us free. Let nothing, I'll read verse 3 again. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, you receive these words, and that fleshly desire that you have in your flesh that, that, that pulls you and tries to get you out of the will of God and tries to get you just to satisfy you, 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 you. These words are seed of God. And those words, when you receive them in your spirit, there is substance to those words. So let not every man look on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I can receive that word. And maybe, maybe in my flesh, my tendency would be, no, I'm just concerned about me. Like, uh, you, ever, <laughs> you ever done something with somebody and you got to like, uh, maybe it's wintertime and you got to get all your, uh, uh, you went outside and then you had all geared up and you come inside and all of a sudden you're getting really hot, really fast. <laughs> and you, you just want get to get that stuff off. Or you're on a, a long trip and you have to use the restroom. There's only one restroom. And some people, they just really don't care. And you probably have to go much worse than they have to go. But they're like, let me in there. Just thinking on their own things, thinking about their own stuff. Well, there's only so many of these left. And so they're just going to put themselves first. No, the seed of the word, look not every man on his own things, but the, also on the things of others. You receive that seed and that seed, how does faith come? Hearing. hearing. And how does hearing come? The By the word. The rhema of God. So when God speaks to you, faith is present. And what does Hebrews 11 say? Now faith is the what? Substance. substance. One translation says faith is giving substance to things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. I have never seen God, but I know him, and I know he exists, and he has substance in my life. He is more real than if I had seen him, because I've seen a lot of things, 
with my natural eyes, and they were not what they appeared to be. So your faith will give substance. So if you receive the word of God, that seed of the word, you now have substance there. It's tangible. In other words, uh, you know, why do you do that? Well, I believe it. What do you mean you believe it? I, I just believe it. Like, uh, why, do you, why do you feel led to do that? Well, I can't really explain it. But I know that I know that this is what God has said. So I don't really care what the doctors say, what the friends say, well-meaning people who are many times a voice for the devil himself. I'm moved by what God has said. I believe every believer should be moved by what God has said. I believe every church should be moved by what God has said. Why do you do what you do? Because I heard from God. I am not doing this on my own. I come under the mighty hand of God. That you don't just uh, say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's where I'm going to go. Okay, Lord, on such and such a day, this is where I'm going to go, and this is what I'm going to do. I ask for your blessing on it in Jesus' name. Well, if that's where you're at, the Lord will bless you as much as you, as you let him. But how about, Lord, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What's your plan? Why? Well, when you, get in, when you get the plan of God, you got the power of God, the grace of God to back you up. The grace of God is every good thing that God is and has and has done. And you get access to that grace. And you find out, wait a second, now he can fully bless me. Why? Because God is good. He's going to do everything that you will allow him do to bless you. But the more closely you follow his plan for you, the more his power, his presence, and his grace will be in manifestation. In other words, it'll show up. You'll have the substance of that faith, the reality of it. Why? You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll lift you up. He'll exalt you. Let this mind, verse 5, let this mind be in you. Think this way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So in other words, this isn't new to you. This isn't just because you're a lower uh, being. You're, you're, you're not, you know. The angels actually looked at mankind and said, what is man that you are mindful of him? You made him a little lower than yourself, Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. Angels look at what mankind is and they wonder, what is man? Why are you even thinking about him? You made him just a little lower than yourself. Crowned him with glory and honor. What am I doing? <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. If you don't believe what I just said, listen to what I just said. Well, listen to what the word says now. Let this mind be in you. Same mind that was also in Christ. Who, being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Do you know why Jesus was the greatest man? One of the reasons Jesus was the greatest man that ever walked the face of this earth? Because Jesus said, those that are great must be those that serve. That they come under. If you want to be great, he said, serve. You come under. One of the greatest lessons I learned as associate pastor was, I'm really there to come under and to serve and to submit that I come and I'm there and I use my strength and abilities to lift other people up. That's my greatest lesson as a believer. That I am there really to lift other people up. You're there to lift other people up. That you come under them. When you see someone, my brethren, you which are spiritual, Galatians 6, uh, 1 and 2. Um, if you see a man overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. Meekness is power under control. Look at the meekness of Christ. He could have called legions of angels, but he was meek. He said, I have the power to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he was meek and what? Lowly of heart. I come under the mighty hand of God, he said. This is the plan of God. The one prayer he prayed. Have <laughs> you ever prayed a prayer like this? Now, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do what you want, but uh, <laughs> I don't really want to do it. <laughs> he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Who, being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, even like a shameful despised death. What happens then? What happens when you do that? Have that kind of mind. Wherefore, verse 9, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you know one of the greatest physical manifestations of humbling is to bow? You look up some of those translations, it says to humble is to bow. That you bow down. You, you, you come down. What is that? Well, kings, kings of the old day, they, they had a real pride problem. <laughs> so now you bow before me. Right? Is it like the man with the, uh, the short man with the big truck? <laughs> Does people not know that? 
Well, they say like a, you see sometimes a, a little guy will have like a really big truck or really big vehicle because they don't want to be so low. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I'm trying to be nice, praise the Lord. Well, I, I like to ride in a tall vehicle too because you can see the traffic and so it's a lot easier and we had to rent a car when we went to Colorado and the guy messed up and I think he thought he was doing us a favor to give us a, like a Dodge Charger or something like that and it's just so low and the windows are so small and I said, can I have like something else? He's like, well, that's a very expensive car and I said, well, I, I can't see down there. But you humble yourself and he will exalt you. You bow down before him. Uh, that's why we kneel to pray sometimes. Because we're outwardly showing, I'm coming under you. you know, those, those kings, they, they want you to bow to them. Uh, and, and some present day uh, leaders of countries, you know, they're so insecure, they try and legislate Jesus out of their country. We'll see as we go on here. I mean, that's just a pride, insecurity, and they're just puffed up. They're trying to make themselves look big. They're trying to force it. Thank God that's not our God. Amen. He does not force. And yet he is the greatest. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humble himself. Brought himself under. Stand with me if you would. Sometimes people think, well, some people have gotten the wrong impression over the years and said, well, like, man, when I sin and I mess up, then uh, it humbles me every time, so it's good that I sin. <laughs> the Bible, he reads about that in the Bible. <laughs> they were doing that then, they still do it now. Now, if you really want to Humble, be humble. The Bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know how to make humility easier? You look full at Christ, at his word, his grace. The grace of God is actually what humbles you. You see what he has done, what he's given, that he himself humbled himself. He came and he became just like you suffer without sin so that you could live free from sin, the guilt of sin, the consciousness of sin, so you could live free from uh, every infirmity that the devil would try to put on you, every bondage, every chain. believe in God that during this series that you're going to see such changes in your life. I'm going to see such changes in my life. It's going to be like a rush of the flow of the grace of God manifesting in our life like you've never known. Do you know the message of humility is the most freeing message that I don't have to perform and I don't have to be the one that is like, you know, when you try to put, exalt yourself higher and higher and higher, 
You know, people see you more and more and more. They see you more and more and more. But when you come under the mighty hand of God, man, they, they begin, you, you know it's Jesus. You know what he's done. People might not always understand it, but they'll know that there is a substance there that's different. You're different. People just don't do that. People are always out for themselves. But you're different. That you give up a position or a place or a thing so you can lift someone else up. There is so much substance in that. It is so, there is so much blessing in giving. And when you freely give, you're like, I don't have to do this. I want to do this. I am coming under. I'm going to lift you up. I see you push down. Oh, no. Not my brother, not my sister. I'm not going to let them stay down. Not one that has been made in the likeness and image of God. I'm not going to let them stay down. Whatever you've done for the least of these, my brethren, you've done it for me. We can be just like him. Just like him. We enter in then to his ministry. He then can flow through us. They see us, they hear us, but it is his ministry. It is his life. It is his healing. It is his strength. It is his light. It is his revelation. It is his power that we enter into. You enter into his ministry that you're a channel that he can flow through, a yielded vessel. Like your valve is wide open for him to flow through you. He can deliver the goods. You're plugged into the source. And then the power can flow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Uh, if you're here this morning, this is all foreign to, foreign to you or... Maybe you've heard some of this, but you don't understand it, that you're, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. I want everyone in this place right now, you look in your heart. I don't mean your physical organ that's pumping blood. I mean the real you. Look down on the inside, the real you, and ask the Lord. Say, God, am I your child? Am I in your family? Did you know you can be right with God? that you don't have to go to sleep at night wondering if you're going to uh, spend eternity with Him, that you don't have to wonder if He's pleased with you, that you don't have to uh, regret your day and uh, despise the next day and be worried and concerned, but you can actually take the very Son of God and receive Him as your Lord, as your Savior, as your Vindicator, that He will fight for you, that He will defend you like an advocate, the best lawyer in existence. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, and you'd like to, doesn't matter what other people think, doesn't matter what you've told other people, you know in your heart, are you, are you a child of God? Have you received Jesus Christ? If you have not, slip up your hand. I, I, We'll pray with you and we'll pray for you and your life will be changed in an instant. Instant. Hallelujah. Anybody on that? Anybody on that? 
while it's today, receive today. Today's the day of salvation. And number two, if you're here this morning and um, you've received Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, but you got distracted in life and you let uh, pressures, people, other things in and get the place that only Jesus deserves. And you feel in your heart that you, you need to come back to the Lord and you just want to uh, confess, no, I, I'm not having these other things rule me. Jesus is my Lord. I'm coming back to him. If that's you, slip up your hand. Uh, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. You might not have another chance. Don't resist the Spirit of the Lord. He's not going to hurt you. He loves you. He's inviting you. Hallelujah. Number three, if you're here this morning, you'd like to be filled with the Spirit. And you've never been filled with the Spirit. You'd like to be. You can be. There's an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, well, I thought when I was born again, I had the Holy Spirit. You do have the Holy Spirit when you're, when you're born again. But you might not be full of Him. You receive power from on high when you're filled with the Spirit. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. I pray with you and for you. Father, Father, I pray right now for every person that can hear this. Father, if there's any here that need to make a decision for you today, Father, I pray right now that you'd speak to their heart, that they wouldn't go away without humbling themselves into your hands so you can lift them up, so your grace can have a free flow into their life, your love showing up. Speak to them right now. Anybody, anybody like to respond to any of those three? Anybody want to respond? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your love. Thank you that you let us in on the secret of how to live a real life. We just give up our lives and we take the life of your son. That he'll live through us. That he'll speak through us. That we abide in him. His words abide in us. That we're your, your children and your ambassadors and your missionaries here in the earth. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We receive your word with gladness. In Jesus' name, amen.